where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's go out to the Brown and Crippen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by, by the voice of the blues. He is Chris Kerber joining us here on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, always appreciate the time. How are you doing today, man? Brandon, I'm doing good. Thank you. Absolutely. Happy to have you today. So let's start with, I mean, let, let's reset for a minute because the last couple of weeks we've been so ingrained in uh, the Petro sweepstakes and then Tory Krug and then Clifford and all of these different things, the moving parts of what the offseason always brings. With where we are today with this Blues team, wh- what are you kind of forecasting for what this looks like this upcoming season? How, how do you feel like they stand today after what we have now seen with the offseason moves? I think they stand okay. I think there's still some question marks and there's obviously still some roster work that needs to be done. Uh, primarily with Vince Dunn. And, and don't forget, Jake Wallman is still in that mix. Um, you know, Wallman just has never really been able to make the jump over the last few years to to break into the National Hockey League on a team that's been deep defensively. So, and that being said, I, I do think they're going to be fine cap-wise, uh, at least the way the cap is structured, because it appears as if one or two players in Steen and Tarasenko could end up starting the season on long-term IR. So they do have time to adjust the roster if the season were to start at the beginning of January, maybe even at the beginning of February. So still a little work to be done there. The way I look at it, though, is whether the Central Division remains the same or whether it's tweaked if you have to go to a Canadian division because of another COVID season, uh, and and it's that Southeast-type division scenario we've seen thrown out there could be good. I actually really like the St. Louis Blues chances in either division setup that's and that's got to be the first and foremost your first goal make the playoffs second goal win your division get a better seed and then third goal see what happens in the playoffs I, I really like the way that it's shaping up for the blues no matter what hey curbs the one thing that's still laying out there is we talked about a little bit yesterday is vince dunn has been offered his qualifying offer can you update us on whether or not he has accepted that offer or if there's been a counter offer? I just look at that as the one piece that hasn't been solidified yet, and that's quite a big piece for the St. Louis Blues as far as locking up their decor. Yeah, I don't have an answer to that one, Jamie. If he had accepted the offer, he would have been signed. Uh, so you have to think that, that he has not. Now, when a team makes an offer to the player, that basically is – that's just a way to make sure that nobody else can go ahead and sign him, uh, you know, or, or, or the Blues. You know, he doesn't. That, that's a way of making sure that he doesn't become a an unrestricted free agent. 
Uh, now, another team could still sign him to an offer sheet, but uh, and, and you've experienced this. The, the, the offer sheet scenario has been done so rarely, and then so few times has it been successful. Um, you do see it from time to time, but it's like you've got to be really, really, really one of those top guys to be worth the bounty that somebody has to pay for a, a, an offer sheet. So uh, interesting to see how this one's going to go down, Jamie. You know, like if, if Vince Dunn is thinking anything beyond a bridge contract, I don't see how that's possible with the St. Louis Blues, to be honest with you. Uh, he's right in that wheelhouse. I don't think he had a great season last season, so I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say like his trajectory was still shooting up. Uh, but but you have a really really good player that is still very young, especially considering what only three years as a defenseman in the National Hockey League. So there is that factor somewhere. If they come to terms, you got to think it's going to be on one of those bridge type contracts. Yeah, Curbs, I would agree. And in fact, you know, it's crazy how things work because. We crowded on the right side last year, and then with the moves in the offseason, now there's a crowded dance floor on the left side, and that would directly affect a guy like Vince Dunn, and he doesn't have any arbitration rates, and we're talking about a pandemic-type scenario here where teams aren't overflowing with money. I would imagine if it was me, I would be telling Vince Dunn, hey, let's hurry up and sign this deal so that you can continue to develop in this organization and become an even more valuable asset. Well, Jamie, players want uh, you know players want the free market system, don't they? Well, guess what happens to the market sometimes? Sometimes it blocks you out. Sometimes it goes down. Sometimes you didn't play as well as you could have, and that hurts your value. There's another aspect that's lingering over this one, and I agree with you. Look, he doesn't have he really doesn't have much rights. Uh, the only negotiating ability he has is to hold out, right? Yeah, which is not uh, and, a good idea. The danger, no, that's not a good idea right now because the other thing that the Blues have waiting in the wings, and it is a bit of an unknown, but uh, but from all intents, he's he's a hell of a hockey player, and that's that's Perunovic. So, you know, there there are some options that 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 the Blues have right now if Vince Dunn were not to sign. Now, I haven't talked to Vince, um, so I, I want to make sure I'm not putting words in his mouth saying he's going to do that. I have not talked to Vince about it. So, th- that said. There's another aspect, and I don't remember if it was with you guys or one of the other shows I was, I was bringing this up on sometime last week, but look, you also have an expansion draft at the end of next season, all right? So sometime during this season, you have to try and address that. And if you go with the – and they're going to have the same rules as, as Vegas had, right? And I don't see teams being willing to throw as many draft picks at Vegas to not take players as at, at Seattle like they did to Vegas. So – to me, the reality of it is, is you know, you're obviously protecting Pareko, all right? You're going to protect Tory Krug, and then you've got a decision to make. Is it Falk? Is it Scandella? Is it Vince Dunn? You know, and this is assuming that they, they're not protecting Bortuzzo or, you know, along those lines. So at that point, you think, okay, Vince Dunn would be a heck of a player to have somebody pick up. So one way or another, you have to wonder, you know, what, what the long-term future is here anyway. Now, if they decide to protect Vince Dunn, now you're looking at him, Perunovic, Krug, Pareko. I mean, that's pretty good. So a lot of a lot of things kind of swirl around the Vince Dunn decision in a lot of different ways other than just getting him under contract. We're talking with Chris Carver, voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. Curbs, one of the guys that we've been talking so much about over the last couple of weeks, really, is Jordan Cairo and the jump that he needs to make for this team going into this season. Because you feel so good about Robert Thomas as one of the centermen this year. You love Braden Shannon Schwartz on that left wing. You love O'Reilly with Perron. 
there's that one spot with Vladimir Tarasenko at least being out for the foreseeable future or you just wonder who's going to be that right wing on that top line and Kairou would potentially have the opportunity to do that. What do we need to see from Kairou this year? What needs to change in his game for him to be able to take that step that we've been waiting for? You know, if, if you're Jordan Kairou right now, Brandon, I mean, don't you think right now he's a hungry dog looking inside a butcher shop being locked out right now? I mean, like, you hope so. You, you, well, that's exactly right. I mean, it is all up to him right now. The biggest thing when you would talk to Craig Berube, and Berube likes his speed, which this team could drastically use. He knows he's got the skill. It, it was really the responsibility on the ice without the puck. How was he playing without the puck? Was he? And I, I know that may make some people cringe when you're talking about an offensive player, but that also means just being smart enough to be in the right position. Sometimes it's the right position to create a turnover that gives you a scoring chance. Sometimes it's the right position in the offensive zone defensively to keep the puck in, which creates more cycles, helps you draw a penalty uh, or even another scoring chance. But I think that that reliability where the coaching staff can count on him to me is one of the biggest things he can work on. Now, aside from that, there is a huge opportunity for him to step into a top six role and I, and both him and Zach Sanford. When you're talking about a player in a top six role, you're talking about a player where you have to get production from your top six players somewhere, somehow it doesn't have to be an 80 point season, but it's got to be some level of balance uh, with your players in the top six. So along with that, he's going to have to find a way to become productive to play in that role. But my goodness, what an opportunity uh, that he has potentially in the top six if they decide that they want to put Braden Shen at center and keep the centermen as Chen, O'Reilly, and Thomas. I mean, Jordan Kairou's, Jordan Kairou's development is a huge key, potentially, for the Blues to not have to go out and make a move and then give them some lineup flexibility and depth. So speaking of that top line and potentially making a move, I've got a hypothetical that we were just talking about a little while ago. That Uh-oh, brace yourself, Curbs. It's ridiculous, Curbs. It's not going to happen, and I want to say that on the front end. Uh, however, it's fun because it's the off season, and here we are, right? We've got, we don't even know how much time until the season actually resumes, so what the right. hell? Yesterday, there was the news that Chicago, it looks like, is going into their down cycle. They're going to start this rebuild or continue, I guess, their rebuild process. And, of course, that brings into question what Patrick Kane's future is going to be with the Blackhawks. I don't think they would ever make a move with St. Louis. I don't think they would. However, if they decided to, again, in this hypothetical BK scenario, if they decided that they were interested in moving Patrick Kane and they were willing to listen to offers from the Blues, and Doug Armstrong called up uh, Bowman and he was like, you know what, we... We love Patrick Kane here in St. Louis, and we'd love to have him on our top line, and we were willing to send you Vladimir Tarasenko, Perunovic, and a couple of first-round draft picks. What do you think that would look like for the Blues with Patrick Kane being on that top line? Uh, well, it'd look amazing. I mean, I, I, don't know that there's a, I don't know that there's a better right winger, you know, consistently in the National Hockey League. Uh, it becomes somewhat intriguing because of the injury scenario of Tarasenko and that you said that 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 right. said I, I could see the Chicago Blackhawks with having three years left on Kane, three years left on Taze, three years left on Keith, and then sixty seven years left on Seabrook. <laughs> I could I could see I could the the way I look at this and I and I've like 
Jonathan Taves, to me, is the first one to go with that bunch. I really do believe that. If they're going to move one of those core guys in the next little while, I think it's Jonathan Taves. I, I think Patrick Kane is hes just still way too good, and he's still just way too productive. I mean, it, it's crazy how good and sick this guy is. So, but Curbs, isn't that when um, you want to trade him is while he's still got his peak value? Like, if you are actually going all in on this rebuild – wouldn't you as an organization, I know it's going to hurt. You don't want to see him go anywhere else, but that's when you probably should sell on a guy like that is when he's still at that peak level. So you can get as much as possible for him. Right. Yeah. But, but, but look at this. I know. Well, yes, I, I would agree with you, but, but I'm not so like, I don't think they're beginning a rebuild. I think they began that a couple of years ago. Yeah, I agree. Kurt. Right. And, and so, I mean, it's a little. I think it's a little bit of a tease here. I think the letter and what the Blackhawks did was to temper expectations organizationally, take some of the heat off by by, by doing what they're doing. That said, look at if you look at an Alex DeBrinket and you look at the other young players that they have brought in there. There's some growth, and my goodness, no better way for some of those guys to learn and speed that process up than around some amazing veteran champions like like they've had. It look, I would. They shore up defensively a little bit. That's going to be a pretty decent hockey team. I'm not going to say that they're a championship caliber team at the moment, but but, but could they be challenging for a playoff spot, in my opinion, with a better defensive play? Absolutely. Now, I think they shot themselves in the foot with the Crawford decision a little bit there, so they're going to have to figure out the goaltending aspect of it. But that's that's not a – they've got a pretty good young crop of forwards there. And, and so to me – Look, if, I still think I still think there's something in the Jonathan Taves where he goes in and he's playing second, third line center for somebody on a team knocking on the door. I mean, uh, and I'm not even like okay. Let, since we're talking silly season stuff here, yeah, I love let's it. get I some curves. You, know, you know, for example, like like could you imagine Jonathan Taves going home and and and, and joining the Winnipeg or uh, the uh, the Edmonton Oilers and seeing what that would mean up in Canada? You know, something like like like. What would a Jonathan Taves in that locker room after after the Edmonton Oilers have had so many years of losing and losing and losing, right? So I, I just, I, I just to me, I just don't see him getting rid of Kane. Um, but if they do and they want to offer him to us, hell yeah, I'll listen. Look, I, <laughs> like I told you, I've, I've sent my daughter away from the table once for saying she was going to root for the Blackhawks, but that doesn't mean I would take Kane on my team. That dude is an incredible player. I remember one of the first like real hockey series that I watched. I grew up in KC. I was not a hockey guy growing up, but when I moved here to St. Louis, it was the it was the very beginning of that Blues Blackhawks seven game series where the Blues finally came over the top. And to watch Kane in that series, just he, he looked like he was playing at a different level from anybody else, just at a different plane, a different speed. So yeah, I mean, getting that guy here in St. Louis, and he he looks like the same dude today that he well, did yeah. then. You guys would like this. This is a stat I throw out there periodically on the air, and it still just it still blows my mind when, when you really think about this and think of all the other teams that have won cups over the last uh, hell, even say twenty years. You know, now one year Chicago did it, and and I don't think they had any of one of their players hit eighty points, but um, in one of their championship years here. But the last St. Louis Blues player to hit eighty points was Pavel Dimitra. Wow. I know. Like, like, like when you think of it like that, you're going, you basically say that. You say, wow. (laughs) Wow. That's a long time ago, Curse. 
Well, think about that. And that was when he was on a line, I believe, with Keith Kachuk and Scott Melanie. Yeah, it was. You know, like, so when you think of the St. Louis Blues, you know, and, and okay, here, here's another one. The last 40 goal score for the St. Louis Blues. Brad Boyce. Oh, my God, that's right, too. Boise. He, he, had, he, had <laughs> he had 76. Like, like think about that. And that was, that was when the team was really no good between that, you know, 2005 and, and 2009 time. So, yeah, I was um, here in 2006. So thanks enough, for that, Curbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. We're, we're honest, right? Yeah, no, I, come on. I'm with you. I said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but so – like it's it's interesting when you think about a player like Patrick Kane and what he continues to do, where he seems to score his jersey number every single year. Um, it's just a, uh, it really is something quite phenomenal of a player. And uh, look, unlike unlike, I know some Red Sox fans. My father-in-law, that to this day will give Derek Jeter no credit whatsoever. Well, I'm, I'm not quite that way. I don't have the I don't have the like uh, like the Blackhawks, but I can certainly appreciate the amazing skill of the player. Well, Curbs, we can certainly appreciate the amazing skill of a voice of the blues that you are. We always appreciate the time here on 101 ESPN, man. All the best to you and your family. We'll talk with you again next week, all right? All right, guys. Uh, listen, get that one trending. See if you can get them here for us by December. That'd be awesome. I'm on it. I'll, I'll put in a call, a call to Army. I'll let them know that I've got the offer ready to go for them. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Have a great day, guys. Absolutely. Same to you. That is Chris Kerber joining us here on 101 ESPN.